This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. It's recorded live and outdoors. So anything could happen. Morning everybody. In fact, early, early morning everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show this morning and I have escaped for a beautiful walk um, in the woods and, uh, this morning. Probably because I was a little bit too tired to go swimming. Um, and also, it's going to be super hot today so I really fancied getting out before it got too warm to even move. <laughs> I want to bring something different to the show this morning based on a conversation, a really, like me say, honest conversation that I had with a group of PhD students yesterday. Now, even if you're not a PhD student, in fact, the vast majority of my clients are not. <laughs> They're beyond that stage. Um, there's still something in this for absolutely everybody today. So I'll just be clear about that. Um, I know today's was supposed to be a follow-on from Wednesday, which was what's the next step of the career pivots compass. But if you know me by now, sometimes things crop up that I feel are more pertinent to talk about in the moment. And of course, we can move back on to the career pivots compass on Monday, unless something more, um, let's say, important happens between now and then. <laughs> so do bear with me. So what was going on? Yesterday I had a group of PhD students and I was taking them through a full day workshop. In the last hour of the workshop, I brought in um, a section on time and energy management. And that's where I shared my personal story of being in academia and the challenges that I faced um, as a woman, as someone with children, <laughs> um, as a person. <laughs> in academia and I was asked a series of questions at the end in fact it was a really I would say a really honest exchange between all of us in the group so one of the questions that I had um, was from another woman um, PhD student and she said you talk about seeing only two examples in your time of people who had young children and were women in um, in academia so I'm like yes <laughs> and she said do you think it's even I mean we see examples that it is possible but do you think it you know how how easy or how do you think it really is possible for people to do this in a way that is sustainable now that's a really <laughs> a really interesting question actually and for a moment I stood there and I thought, well, there's a few different ways I could answer this, but I really wanted to stand in integrity with it. So first of all, I offered them the reality of the situation, which I don't think we tell people enough. We go on to these sort of career conveyor belts where we can see the end thing in sight, you know, <laughs> you step onto an academic pathway and it... Ooh, I'm under a bridge so it sounds funny you step onto an academic pathway and there is always this kind of linear route to it 
there's a series of steps that are predictable that come next. We're going to go from PhD to postdoc to fellow to lecturer to senior lecturer or reader and then to professor. It's the same in lots of other career pathways as well. So let these bikes go past. Morning. 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 And um, yeah, it's the same in other pathways as well. If you think about medicine, you can go all the way through the pathway and get to consultant. It's the same in corporate. You could go through the pathways and get all the way up to senior leadership team. So the first thing to note is <laughs> the higher up we go, the fewer of those jobs there actually are. It's like a kind of, I want to say convergent or divergent. It's probably divergent, isn't it? <laughs> convergent. It's one of those. If Rachel's watching, she will comment below and she'll tell me which way around it is. <laughs> um, but we get fewer and fewer of the jobs as we go along. So what does that actually mean? So if we go back to these PhD students, if they want to stay beyond their PhD, they're probably not going to have too much of a problem getting a postdoc. Um, it's at that postdoc stage where it really starts to um, look a little bit shaky. So there is some, I'm on a UKRI funded project called the Prosper Project, which is how to unlock postdoc potential. The reason that project was put in place, the reason I'm a career coach on that project is because when they look at how many jobs, postdoc jobs there are versus how many next stage jobs there are, they found that, and this is, um, like rough calculations, there's no um, extensive research done on this, but they found that it, about 90% of postdocs does not the next step job for them to go to. 90% of postdocs will need to move beyond what they're currently doing beyond academia. So first of all, I shared the reality of the situation. The reality is that you're not, it's not that you're not talented. That's a given. Morning. Morning. So it's not that you're not talented, you're absolutely talented. <laughs> That's a given. There's an element of luck that happens on this pathway, first of all, an element of luck. So if your research has been hampered by COVID, for example, or other situations, like for example, with me being pregnant, <laughs> having a career break of some sort, it has a huge impact. And there's an element of, with any research, you could work from 9 a.m. till midnight every day. Doesn't mean the research is actually going to work and you're gonna get the big paper and it's gonna to come to fruition ultimately. So in some ways it doesn't even matter how much you work as well or how long you work, there's an element of luck that happens here. So it's not a personal reflection upon you if you don't get the big paper and you don't make it to the next step because there is not a next step for absolutely everybody. And I really don't think that we make that clear enough. <laughs> um, because I guess, I guess the ones that make it don't really see that there's been so many people who didn't make it. So it's not really communicated either. So that would be the first thing. You are talented. That's a given. Then there's this element of if I do make it, do I want to even be there? Because what I see happening is completely unsustainable. Maybe it would just be better if I move beyond and go and do something else. The issue with that is, 
if you have a tendency towards overworking that proving cycle that we talked about um, either last time or in the one before, so do check that episode out. If you haven't seen it, here comes another bike. Morning! <laughs> I do love live podcasting. <laughs> and then I, I love trying to come back to my train of thought. <laughs> So if you do have that tendency towards needing to pr- feeling like you need to prove yourself so we get into that pleasing and overworking kind of situation, it doesn't really matter where, we, where you express that, whether that's in academia or we pick you up and the grass is greener somewhere else, we're going to put you there, you're going to replay out those behaviours again. So first of all, the grass isn't always greener. If you want to stay on that pathway, and you're lucky enough to get the results in order to do it and everything works for you. The difference is that we have to change our approach. I had this conversation with another group and they were like, but we have no choice. I've got 20 gazillion emails during this workshop and rah, 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 rah. And I get it. There's a huge amount of pressure coming from above. However, how do we actually make change in a workplace? How do we actually change the culture of a workplace? It doesn't always come from above. (laughs) When I think about plastics, for example, the fact that now we have to pay 10 pence for a plastic bag. When I go to the shop, I'm always taking my bag and if I don't have one, I am carrying that stuff on my head, underneath my armpits. (laughs) I refuse to buy another plastic bag. And that initiative, that legislation came in because there was a concerted group of people probably started at an individual level as well, that came together, that rallied, that actually helped to shape and form that new legislation. It wasn't originally the government's idea, anything like that. It starts at the individual level. So if you wanna change a working culture, it starts, the, the ownership starts with each and every person that are in that culture. So I used to think of it as I'm looking ahead. I'm seeing all these people. They're all working evenings, weekends. That's the norm. That's what I must do. If I'm there and I'm doing that, I completely forgot that there's another like group of people behind me that are watching what I'm doing and emulating what I'm doing. So if I want to have a different working culture, I have to express doing things differently in the here and now. And I I just thought of it like, if that was my daughter that was watching what I was doing, would I want her to copy what I was doing? And the answer when I was in academia was a big fat no. In fact, it was really brought to home to me when another postdoc came to me and said, I'm pregnant, like you've done it twice now. What should I do? Like, how should I play this? And I genuinely couldn't give her the advice of what I did because if she did what I did she would have been taking all her projects on maternity leave working straight through I don't want to give that advice to somebody else and yet I was doing it like we have to have enough courage to stand up and say I'm going to do it differently and if I if it can't be done differently in this environment then this is ultimately the wrong environment for me there's a gazillion bazillion manillion <laughs> different ways in which you can express your natural talents in the world 
and make the difference, that vision that you want to make. It doesn't have to be that one thing that you can see ahead of you, just because it's clear. You can actually do exercises and you can actually define other ways in which you could do what you do best. And if you don't know what that is yet, you can work that stuff out too. But we have to be the change that we want to see in the world. We can't wait for somebody else to do that higher up for us because there's already people watching us. We have to do it. We have to stand in integrity. The words that we say, the actions that we take have to be in sync with that value of integrity. Um, I feel like I've gone off on one today. <laughs> But I do feel really passionately about this. And after I had that um, conversation with that group, a couple of them sent me emails back to say, thank you, thank you for having that conversation with us. And I feel so much better. My PhD has not gone well because of COVID. I felt like it was my fault. And you saying that there's this element of luck involved and that we're talented no matter what <laughs> has really made me feel better. And I hope that for you, that there was something in this podcast for you here today. So drop me a comment below what's resonated with you. And I hope that you have a really beautiful rest of the hottest day in the year. Okay, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.